Welcome to the fifth episode of Reflections from WT, the heart and soul of the Texas Panhandle. My name is Randy Ray, and for the next 10 minutes, I'm going to be talking to the 11th president of West Texas A&M, Dr. Walter Windler. We're going to take a break, and then I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk to a special guest that we have today. Dr. Windler, welcome back, and uh, we're off to another another start. Yes, we are, and it's uh, it's great to have the holiday behind us. I enjoyed it, but I'm ready to get back to work, and uh, WT is uh, ready to get back to work, and, and uh, it's a, we're looking forward to the spring semester. Yeah, I, it doesn't feel like spring right now. Ooh, it's cold out there. But uh, Well, I, I just always feel the energy on campus when they come back, and I love it, and I love this time of year. I do, too. I do, too. I one time told people it's like uh, being a farmer. You, know, you plant crops in the beginning of a semester, and then you harvest them at the end of the semester and you go through that cycle and it's uh it's kind of a nice cycle to be in because yeah. you can see the fruit of your labor it's there it's right in front of you it's students that are changing their lives because of the interaction they have with our faculty and uh, this great campus so it's yeah, fun. i just love it I, I i call it rebooting it's time for us to reboot and yeah. start again so yeah, i like i like that too yeah we have a lot of things to talk about today uh, a lot of exciting things happening on campus um let, let's talk about john mark Ballou. Yeah, where did where did you come up with that idea, and how did you get connected with him? Well, I, the, the the idea came up when I heard that he was retiring from the paper, and he he came with me on one of my high school visits. I spent a day with him going out to the high schools, and um, I, I think in some ways he saw my heart, uh, and uh, I got to know his a little bit that day, and uh, we enjoyed that very much and it was very positive and when I found out that he was getting ready to retire uh, from the Globe News I thought I'm going to call him up and see if he might be interested in working for us a little bit um, and sure enough he he said no uh, not right now but after a period of time he might be interested and he called me about I think about three or four months later he said I'm in he said I'd like to I'd like to write stories. I want to. Sh- I would like to share with uh, a wider audience what the people of West Texas A&M University are like. Yeah. Half of our people come from the Texas Panhandle, so when he shares the people of West Texas A&M University, he's sharing the people of the Texas Panhandle. Absolutely. I, I love the human element that he brings in I do his too. stories. I do, too. He's I, a fantastic writer. Yeah. He really is. Yeah, he is. And I, I think it's uh, he captures the essence of what motivates people and so on, and he does it in such a nice way. I think it's very positive for us. And in many ways, um, these articles are going to pop up in places that we can't imagine where they'll pop up. People around here really enjoy um, reading them. Um, the Amarillo Globe News actually picks some of them up from time to time, and so do many of the small, uh, smaller uh, weekly papers in the, in the uh, top 26 counties. I send out my blog to all of those papers weekly, and I told John Mark that we would do the same thing with his posts, and they're picking them up. They're picking them up. I'll bet the, I saw one uh, recently, that had that featured you, and I will guarantee you the Pampa paper is going to pick that thing up, and you're smiling about it. You I, like I don't it. know if they'll pick it up or not. I think they're, they're going to pick it up when I got out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were, but I'll tell you something, Randy. They're going to pick it up because if I don't see it soon, 
they pick up mine quite frequently. And if they don't pick up yours, I'm going to call them up and say, I'm not sending you mine anymore if you don't pick up <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I appreciated him doing that story on my extended studies class. And, and he also did one on the recent study abroad uh, class that I did to Israel. So he, he's really um, a great writer, and he's doing a lot of good for WT, I believe. There's so much juice in these communities. You know, we're going to talk with Dr. Hunt here in a minute, our dean of, um, of uh, the College of Engineering and Computer Science and Mathematics. And uh, there was a story on the, I'll call her the cafeteria worker at Pantex that came back and got a degree in our excellent engineering program and then went back to Pantex, not as a cafeteria worker, but as an engineer. And I thought to myself, yeah. good. It takes my breath away, actually. Yeah, fantastic story. It's a great story. And, you know, at Pantex, um, WT is singularly has more graduates from WT at Pantex, and they're largely from engineering and also from business, that work at Pantex than any other university, more than uh, Texas A&M, more than Texas Tech. Our panhandle people know how to put their head down and go to work, and they Pantex likes that, and I'm glad they like it because Pantex is the very center of the... Uh, of our uh, nuclear arms program that helps provide safety and security to the whole nation, everybody. You talked about the hardworking Texas Panhandle people. Let's talk about people that want to transfer, the hardworking people that went to a junior college and want to transfer to WT. Now we make that a little easier for them. We do, and I, uh, I'm very appreciative that, you know, I'm a community college graduate myself, started in New York, and then transferred sight unseen to uh, to Texas A&M, uh, which is probably a good thing, because if I had gone there first, I might have said, you know, I think I'm going to go to New Jersey. That's far enough away yeah, <laughs> west from me. You have a long way from home. But it turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me, um, and I'm thankful for it. Um, but transfer students are very important to us, and Transfer students in many ways represent one aspect of the pragmatism of people in West Texas that makes this university so great, and that is they look at cost, they look at value, they study things, and they want to be efficient in how they get things done. And for a lot of people, if if not for the ability to start at a community college and gain uh, the first couple of years um, uh, at a very low cost, they could never continue on to a bachelor's degree. That's just the way it is. So I'm very thankful for that, and it's one of the things that uh, makes me so fond of being in West Texas. People are thoughtful and careful, and they make plans, and I like it a lot. Yeah, I do too. February 2nd is going to be a big day for you and for WT. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, many of uh, many of our listeners would know that we have been working on WT125 on uh, since the day I got here, quite frankly. Um, I remember an event at our house when we broke ground for the ag building, and I told uh, the people that were gathered there for a lunch that it would be very soon that I would be getting in touch with some of them to help us create a long-range plan, what I call a generational plan for West Texas A&M University, try to plot out um, to some point in the future we call it WT125 because it will it is defining what we would like to be in some ways when we reach our 125th birthday which is 2035 it's taken us over 2 years to do this plan uh, we had over 300 people involved many uh, local leaders uh, uh, local officials elected officials uh, bankers lawyers just all kinds of people teachers um, 
We had staff from the campus involved. As, about, as a matter of fact, about half of the 300 people were from on campus. The other half were from off campus. So it wasn't just a view, kind of an internal view of what we want, but it's how we can serve the community better, which I think is um, critically important for a regional university. And uh, we, we staked out some ground in there. On February 2nd, at the Embassy Suites um, in Amarillo, Texas, we're going to have a dinner um, and basically a celebration of the completion of that plan. We'll, we'll unveil the plan and give copies to the people that are there and so on. And I, I think when people look at it, um, they're going to appreciate it. And what I like about it is it's, it's not my plan. It's, it's got plenty of me in it, but I mean, it really is a plan by these hundreds of people that are fond of West Texas A&M University and want to see it prosper into the future. And by golly, that is important. That is important because if those people, internal people and external people, don't want to see West Texas A&M University prosper in the future, it's not going to prosper in the future. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I bet you could take anyone, talk to anyone in the Texas Panhandle and ask them, regardless if they went here or not to school here, what do you think about WT? Do you think WT is an important part of the Texas Panhandle? I think everyone would say yes. I agree with you. Randy, you're absolutely right. Here's what, here's what happens, for example, in education. 71% of the school teachers in the top 26 counties of Texas and I've had the opportunity to meet many of them as I visited these 66 high schools out there, 71% have at least one degree from WT. We educate the panhandle, and if that doesn't make your knees knock, you're not paying attention, I, it makes my knock. We, this is a huge responsibility that we have to do a good job in our public schools, and it, it is the... Um, the avenue to a future livelihood for many people that otherwise they wouldn't have access to and they're being educated by wt graduates and i i just think that is um, beyond comparison in importance i agree with you and uh, one of the ways that wt is able to do that is its fantastic award-winning faculty and after the break we're going to come back and we're going to talk to one of those interesting faculty members on campus dr emily hunt we'll be back right after this West Texas A&M University is a student body that learns by doing and is always seeking opportunity. Talented and accomplished faculty that teach both in and out of the classroom. Programs that provide timeless information and meet the challenges of today's world. Facilities rich in technology as well as WT history. It's our alumni and donors that make the big difference and set us apart from other universities. With your support, WT will continue to award scholarships to deserving students and strengthen our programs, which means a better campus, more in-depth education, and a lasting cultural and economic impact on our region. Now is the time to strengthen connections, support students, and open doors for tomorrow's leaders. Share your experience, share your heritage, share your pride. Well, welcome back to episode five of Reflections from WT, the heart and soul of the Texas Panhandle. Uh, we've been talking to Dr. Walter Windler, the 11th president of West Texas A&M. I'm going to shift gears a little bit and talk to Dr. Emily Hunt, who is the dean of the engineering, computer science, and mathematics um, program, not program, but school here on campus at WT. Emily, welcome. 
Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to ask you about three areas of expertise, and if you could just tell me a little bit about each one of them. First, tell me a little bit about thermal fluid. What is that? Oh, that's one of my favorite things <laughs> to talk about. So you'll have to give me a signal when I've gone too far. But So thermal fluids is the study of air or liquid. Um, we look at how do we move heat or energy using air or liquid. So when you when you look at mechanical engineering, you can typically typically break it into three different parts. You can look at your what we call solid mechanics, so we structures. Um, we look at material science, so um, how do current materials perform, what materials should we choose for this project, or how do we create a brand new material that maybe has never been before? And then the the last um, part of, of mechanical engineering, which is my my area, is thermal fluids. So yeah. thank you for asking that and getting me started off in such a well, comfortable I, way. <laughs> yeah, I also I also discovered that you have two patents on nanostructured metallic alloys. Yes. Sounds like something from Star Trek to me. <laughs> yes. So we we have um, developed two different materials. One of them is we call them nanochargers, but we're looking at we use nanomaterials. We create new materials using fire, actually. So mm. instead of typically when you think about combustion, you think about using up a fuel and an oxidizer. In our case, we're actually using fire to create something that has never been before. So these materials function at very high temperatures, extreme environments, and then what we've also realized is that they store energy longer and, and you know with all of the development that we have in wind energy in this region that um, energy storage is a, is a very big deal and something that as engineers we're always working on so yes I've had the opportunity yeah. to to get to work on that so you talked a little bit about engineering thermal fluid and engineering nanostructure and metallic alloys talk a little bit about engineering elephants ah. <laughs> so another passion um, is is children's books. So we have written, um, I, I work with my advisor actually uh, fr from the old days, but um, she's also a mechanical engineer and we've written several books together where we try to introduce the idea of engineering to elementary school kids. Yeah. And we feel like it's important because a lot of times when you talk to an elementary school child, they don't know what engineering is. Their first response is someone who drives trains or um, or they think of someone that they've seen as an engineer before, which is someone's dad or uncle or their granddad. And very rarely um, are, are young women introduced to the idea of engineering in elementary school or even have someone to look at and see that looks like them um, that's an engineer. So we've worked really hard to help young students develop an, what we call an engineering identity as early as kindergarten. Yeah, so you, you touched a little bit uh, on uh, girls in engineering. Talk, talk a little bit about that. And I, I'm assuming that engineering is a male-dominated uh, industry, uh, and, and you're trying to change that. We are. We're trying to change that because we think that um, we know, right, research has shown us that the more diversity you have on, on, on a team, um, a design team specifically is what we're talking about, the better results that you're going to get, the, the more innovative the solution, the more creative. And so um, we are trying to create diversity in engineering. Right now in our engineering school, um, we're about 90% male. But those 10% females that we do have are strong and they're doing incredible things. But yes, um, working to to recruit underrepresented groups is um, definitely something that is important to us in engineering. What else is important to the school of engineering here? Tell me a little bit just about the school and, and what what you think the future is going to be like over there. Okay. We, um, we have... 
a wide range of undergraduate engineering programs now. So we offer degrees in electrical, mechanical, civil, environmental, um, engineering technology. We have degrees in computer science and degrees in mathematics and mathematics education. So we are um, educating the, the future of technology in this region is, is really what we believe and what we've seen um, to be true. So we I would say the two main topics that students are um, focusing on right now are water and energy. So mm. it's hard to be an engineer in the Texas Panhandle and not know that, that those two areas are, are where Very our important. future is. Very yes. important. Yeah. Um, tell me a, a success story. Tell me a, a story of one of your students that have graduated from WT and gone on to be successful. Oh, okay. There's so there, many. There's a lot of them. I know. It, yes. I would definitely say, too, that the unique... Um, the common thread among our students is their willingness to work hard. And when I think about working hard, I think about a student that I had um, several years ago. Her name was Jenna. And Jenna came and she was in my eight o'clock class um, when I was teaching fluid mechanics. And I, I noticed that in this eight o'clock class, she was so tired. Like she, you could just tell, she, you know, mm-hmm. she looked like she hadn't slept at all. And I got to know her a little bit and um, found out that it was because she, she was a working mom and the shift that she worked was until four in the morning. And then mm. she would go home and sleep for a couple hours and then be at my class at 8 a.m. I got to work with her more over the next couple of years. And when I had her in senior design, it was um, it was interesting timing. She was expecting her second baby by the end of the semester. So she's going through this course, which we consider to be the most rigorous of engineering courses. It's our capstone course. And she was designing a system that would alert parents when their car seat was in the back of the car and they exited the car, but the car seat could still detect that there was a weight. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, there's some stories on the news where parents would actually, cause, and I'm a parent, I know, like sometimes you just drive to work. And um, so she had designed this system and and, um, it it was incredible but the whole time she was in school she was working a full-time job and raising two children and she was pursuing a mechanical engineering degree which a lot of times um, as a female is has challenges of its own so she um, came to me in senior design and said I want to go to graduate school and um, I told her, if anyone can, can work through graduate school, you can, right? Graduate school is about doing the work, you know, being there every day. So at that time, we didn't have our master's program, and I was able to connect her with a program um, at Texas Tech. Her family is from the Panhandle, and so she wanted to stay, stay pretty close. So she moves her family to Lubbock and gets her master's degree, finishes her PhD, and she's now an assistant professor at the University of Colorado in Colorado Springs, doing some really transformational work in um, additive manufacturing. So 3D printing um, energetic materials. It's her work is fascinating, and she. it's that's what it was like she wanted to work hard from the very beginning and the first time I met her I thought she's gonna do something great and she is she's doing something great right now you know I I went to I got my undergraduate degree at WT and I had been all over this campus but I had never been in your building until gosh probably six months ago and and it's a beautiful building and it's it feels brand new even though it's an older building tell us a little bit about your facility okay we um we just moved in we've only been in the second floor for the last year um, but we had the opportunity when this building was, um, it, it has been on campus for years and they, it was mothballed for a while and then, and then we had the opportunity to work on the spaces when we were redoing it for engineering, remodeling the second floor, the first floor too. And so um, what we did is we 
we remodeled it to have spaces that were intentionally for student design and creativity. So you know, all the time we're in, we're enforcing this in class. We're saying you have to be creative and you've got to take this time and you've got to brainstorm. Um, but then we looked around and they didn't have anywhere. We were filling up the library with engineering students. And um, while we're glad for them to go to the library, we wanted to also be able to provide that space for them. So when we redid the building, we were very intentional with our design. We have um, several engineering design spaces and they're open all the time. We don't book classrooms or anything like that or classes in them because we want the students to know they always have a place to go. Um, We also designed them to foster group work. Um, You've seen them. So to foster some creativity. And then we did things that we thought the students would um, identify with our you can see all of our HVAC. I mean, speaking of thermal fluids, right? When you think yeah. of your air conditioning system, that's that's what it is. <laughs> but we um, we designed it so that that's all open. Students can see how that's working. Um, our elevator is also the same way. All of the mechanical electrical components are visible, and so we um, we're at home there because it's yeah. all of the things that we like. But we've had a great response from students. It is a beautiful building. I'm so glad that we. Uh, remodeled that one and brought it back to life all right i'm going to ask dr windler and dr hunt i'm going to ask you both here, here's our curveball that i traditionally throw at everyone uh, on every one of our episodes if either one of you were to talk to 18 year old emily hunt 18 year old walter windler what advice would you give them Dr. Wendler, why don't you go first? Oh, mercy. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I think I tell them to keep their head down and just keep working, keep moving forward and working uh, and, and, and not, uh, not faint. Don't be weak-kneed about what it is that you're doing. Have some confidence in it and uh, keep plugging. Yeah. Dr. Hunt, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? I would definitely tell myself to, um, to, to stick with engineering, to I didn't know then the doors um, that would be opened as far as research and design work and just the um, the absolute fulfillment that this this path career path would bring in my life and I remember being 18 and thinking I'm the only girl in this room what mm-hmm. am I doing and so I think I would just encourage myself stick with it this is this is what you're supposed to be doing and um, and it does turn out well in the end. Yeah. I think if I were to talk to my 18-year-old self, the advice I would give me is get a haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that still works. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us for episode five of Reflections from WT, the heart and soul of the Texas Panhandle. Uh, Join us again next time. Uh, We'll be looking for you then.